You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Hey, Nick, did you almost get cut last night in the timeout? <laughs> I felt like some of us media members were definitely going to get cut last night. <laughs> it was interesting, <laughs> and the joke that he is alluding to is a great comment, great, great analysis by... Former TNT analyst Rick Carlisle was he on TNT? I don't, I don't or ESPN. That seems like so long ago that he was, you know. But I remember him being on broadcast. Back, he did the back uh, when he had hair. Steve Kerr took the Rick Carlisle route. That's really what happened. Not not Rick Carlisle took the Steve Kerr route. So, but Rick Carlisle <laughs> got up on the, the presser stand after the uh, the win against the Bucks and. Uh, Mark Falwell asked him about that third string unit, you know, of you know Clavel and I think it was you know Brandon Ashley was out there and I think uh, Motley I think was out there and Wayans was out there. Uh, that crew went down 13 points and <laughs> Mark Falwell asked him. He asked him. I remember he said, "How you know, like were you you know proud of that unit that came all the way back?" And he goes, "Well, at one point I was about to cut three of them during the game." <laughs> <laughs> which is just so great and such a carlisle quote and i loved it um do you think he would actually do it no he stop so, no he so would like, do it he would do it I th- I, he would bench him and yeah, yeah i could yeah, see yeah. him saying get on the bench but yeah i mean he it was after they went on this like super long run and not scoring and whatever and he was like he even said he's, he like looked at him in the huddle. I'm like, do you want to get cut? Like, are you trying to get cut? <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> I bet he he says that to these guys because, like, I was I was talking to uh, I was talking to Jean last night, and we were just talking about you know him. Is Jiverson? Jiverson. I was talking to Jiverson. I didn't say that we call him that. I will tell him eventually, especially if he stays on the team or if he's one of the two way spots. I will tell him then. But uh, that. I was just talking to him about, you know, going, you know, potentially going with JJ to go to Puerto Rico and go see his family and everything. And he's like, I can't, he's like, I just really can't. Cause I have to, you know, I have to be here. I have to, you know, and I was like, you have to try to get a job. <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying yeah. to do is, you know, I'm trying, I'm fighting for my job right now, which is crazy. Like there's not many professions where you, you know, audition or try out or, you know, have to fight for your job in that sense. Like you and I, we just recently got hired, you know, at companies and, uh, we used ZipRecruiter, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he just, like, what? <laughs> just went into, what if I just went into like a, a read right there, like an advertisement? Oh my gosh. Isaac would laugh at me so hard, but like you and I just read. know how we found jobs. <laughs> it's because we used it. The, the number one job site. For- <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, it was serious though, because he, you know, he's really fighting for his job and there's not many professions where you have to do that. You and I just, you know, we went and we interviewed and we were just, you know, more attractive than the rest of the people that, that interviewed. And so they, <laughs> so they picked us, but like, so they're, you know, they're in there fighting for their jobs and, and Rick Carlisle kind of kicked him in the pants and they came all the way back from that deficit. Some I, part of me wish we would have done the, you know, the pod yesterday after the game, because there's a lot of stuff in that, you know, the end of that fourth quarter, Motley had that game winner, uh, went in and, Motley was the first guy you see when you walk into the locker room. And I was like, game winner. How's it feel? And he was like, yeah. 
<laughs> cool. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> Preseason, I guess. Doesn't get players hyped either. Yeah, so the game last night, if you didn't catch it, you know, here the starters play the first quarter, blah, blah, blah. Then it's like the bench players. Well, then fourth quarter comes, and it's like, you know, most of the people on the court are not going to make final rosters. And, well, Motley's out there and a couple other guys. And it gets like under a minute, like under 30 seconds, and the game is tied. Oh, man. And everyone was freaking out like, holy crap, we're about to have overtime in a preseason game. And the people that were freaking out were the media, most of all. (laughs) And that was the first question asked of Carlisle. Uh, He gets up on the stand, and and Tim McMahon, as always, he's looking to his left. He's looking down at his stats, and he just asks. Carlisle goes, now, uh, you know, Tell us how much of a hero that tell us how much of a hero Jonathan Motley is for not making us go into overtime. <laughs> Henry Carlisle kind of like went along with it. He was like, "Yeah, there wasn't going to be an overtime." You know, we were. You know, I do, he said if there if he had missed that shot, I don't think Jason Kidd is going down for a three or something like that. Like, just neither of them wanted to go to overtime at all, <laughs> which is just so funny. The preseason well, Molly- <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Motley hits that, you know, hits that layup or that shot with, you know, how many ever seconds left puts Dallas up by two. So then yeah. Milwaukee has a possession left and he makes the joke. He's like, I'll guarantee you this. Jay Kidd is not going for a two. He was going for the three. <laughs> yeah. Like whether yeah, it, that that's game it was. was not going into overtime, <laughs> it was not going. So uh, it's just oh, kind of funny how preseason games are, you know, you take them for what they are, but everybody was ready to get out of that place last night. Definitely. Definitely ready to get out of that place last night. Uh, talked to a couple of players after the game. Uh, just a couple comments that I wanted to, to discuss with you. I talked to Brandon Ashley a little bit, and uh, they played him again at three. I thought that was maybe just going to be one of those things they do during open practice just because they had limited players. They split their squad. But, no, they they put him out there with, you know, Motley and, and, and Withy, and, like, the, he was actually legitimately out there as three. And so I asked him, I was like, man, have you ever played three in your life? He said, no. It's like, I've never done that. <laughs> Never, ever played three. So, but I like it. He said, I think there's definitely some advantages. And, you know, we talked about his length and, um, you know, I, but it's it's weird playing with two seven-footers. It's got to be weird if you've never done that before. It's, it's also kind of weird when you consider Devin Harris is a backup three on our team. Yeah. <laughs> and the two stark differences between Devin could technically be, a, you know, a one, basically. Yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna play the three, and then you got Ashley, who you know most teams is the he's you know four, prototypical five prob- yeah, in this four new, probably in, a five in this new NBA, and Dallas throwing him out there at the three. Um, but it's out. It just shows you again, once again, like you're gonna see some weird crap in the preseason. You know, if Ashley in, in makes the league, the it's just gonna happen in the league. We, we saw a report come out. We saw a report come out yesterday that Ty Lue is going to start Kevin Lovett center. and He's going to bring Tristan Thompson off the bench and start Jay Crowder. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's spreading all throughout the league now. You know, the Spurs are trying to figure out whether they're going to start Powell or if they're going to start Rudy Gay and LaMarcus as they're, you know, they're starting front court. So just the whole league is trying to figure out what they're going to do with it because either teams are doing what the Mavericks are doing. And not that the Mavericks started this or anything, but you know, with like a Dirk at five and then a, you know, a wing, basically player at four like a stretch four at four and go small in that sense and teams are starting to do it i mean all these teams are starting to do it because there's just not a ton of bigs that you have to worry about unless you play new orleans every single night <laughs> and even them you don't have enough bigs that can even take them you have to sometimes put a wing on those guys 
Yeah, I mean, Golden State kind of you know started it a little bit, but yeah, you know, you can't really judge all your lineups off matching up with Golden State. And the Phoenix, Dre. the Steve Nash Phoenix Suns probably started it before them though. Like Amari was a four, you know, and when he came into the league, like that well, was his position, and so they would put Amari at the five, and then they would put Sean Marion at the four, and that was their best lineup. Yeah, but I think Draymond is different than Amari. Like no, but Draymond. Draymond is Draymond. Sean Marion though. <laughs> Okay, well, Kevin Durant is different <laughs> than Amari because <laughs> that you know they that, both take wine baths. Their death, their death lineup is you know whoever you want to say at center, either Durant or Draymond. Both of them can switch off on ones and guard ones, you know, decently. Amari couldn't switch off on a one and guard a one. Oh yeah, so no, definitely. That's where their trickiness. But the Golden State's just an outlier. Like, you can't compare really anybody no. to Golden State. No, that. I was just saying, like, who started sort of the shift, the shifting up of the fours to fives the and the threes to fours, you know, that that kind of scenario. And, you know, Draymond is just a player that everybody wants to try to have a Draymond. You, you know, you're like, Julius Randle's going to be the next Draymond. You hear, like, this kid on the Celtics is, is the French Draymond. You know, you hear, like, all this stuff, like – just you know, the next Draymond. Who's the next Draymond? Jordan Bell is going to be the next Draymond. Just all, you know, all this stuff. Uh, just because everybody wants a player like that, because he just made them so dang hard to guard and so dang hard to score against. Just because of the you know the personnel on the on the floor. Uh, more comments that I, I talked with uh, with Jiverson. That I'm actually going to call him that now. But let's just let's just be real on the pod. I'm going to call John, I'm going to call John Clavel. I'm going to call him Jiverson. Can we can we just give context to this real quick? Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I'm gonna call him Iverson for as long as he's on the team. <laughs> Moneyball has a writer. Named <laughs> Why did Dalton. you just call out the site? Because <laughs> I tweeted him. I tweeted him, and I I, I, made a I know, joke but about you it. called out the site first before. You... <laughs> well, this is, a, this is now to... turned into a turf war. <laughs> no, it's not a turf war. I'm just saying, like, where he's from. Like, it's not just like a random dude. Like, if it was a random fan, I wouldn't care about you know. But uh, anyway, no, nah, he just he just said start scouring your writers like Twitter pages now and right. timelines trying to find dumb things that they've said. <laughs> no, nah, like I, I'll give him like he, he didn't say he's like he is Allen Iverson. He's going to be like him. He just he just joked and said, you know, John Cavell based off tape or, you know, something that he was Iverson esque. And so it's been fun. It's it, the same jokes, except worse, are thrown at Bobby Corrala. Because not to throw Bobby under the bus, but last year, <laughs> Bobby was running the Dallas Mavericks Twitter account. Or no, it wasn't last year. It was two years ago. He was doing the live tweet from the Mavericks Twitter account. And it was when Parsons was really doing good in that stretch. And he tweets out and says, Chandler Steph Parsons. And he, like, <laughs> ble- from Bleacher Report to all these big sites were just roasting the Mavericks Twitter account saying, Oh my gosh! They just compared Chandler Parsons to Steph Curry and all this stuff, and it was you know Bobby was running the Twitter, and so it was like the funniest <laughs> thing. And people still hound Bobby about that to this day, like yeah, Chandler Steph. <laughs> and uh, everybody listening right now, can you just tweet at Bobby Corolla? I think it's Bobby underscore Corolla. Go to Twitter, tweet Bobby Corolla. Just Chandler Steph Parsons. That's it. Just straight up that. <laughs> Don't give any context. Just say that. And then if he responds to a bunch of you, be like, just say Lockdown Mavericks. Just, <laughs> just leave it at that. But then, go. Then we'll have to get him on here to explain it. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we should cool. probably start doing that during preseason when when it doesn't matter. <laughs> For sure. So yeah, so that's why we call him Jiverson. Uh, 
because because uh, Dalton Trigg, we'll call him out. <laughs> he said he said that it was that he was Iverson asking. Let's let's talk about that comment. I I don't think that he's that. I think you know <laughs> I don't think that even his game is like. I don't think he's even the style of of Iverson. Like I just don't think that that's that's why it's fun. Even that's comparable. I can understand maybe in college where he's going to drive more and where he's going to, you know, has the ball all the time because he's the best player on the team. But in the NBA, he's not going to be anything like that. Just not even close. He's he's not going to be able to drive the ball like that. He's, his ball handling is not not there. He's a he's a three and D guy. Uh, not saying he can't be more than that. I feel like if they put him on a you know a two way and he you know handles the ball a lot in in Frisco and then he earns his way up to the Mavericks, I feel like he could you know become something of that but iverson was like the best ball handler maybe ever <laughs> i mean yeah yeah so really good. just to call him ask i mean you can call Kyrie iverson-esque you know in college and stuff like you can say that but uh and then then there's just this there's like he has cornrows so you kind of like or sort of cornrows so you like throw that in there i don't know it, yeah the, the comparison kind of looks like a for me. dothraki from game of thrones also he plays defense he plays like real defense <laughs> so compared to Iverson. yeah um so I, yeah, I don't know about that so anyway that's why we call him jiverson i think it's funny isaac thinks it's funny we don't know if dalton thinks it's funny dalton if you're listening let us know if you think it's funny because if you don't we'll stop doing it yeah. all right uh i was talking to him about by the way go back to what we were talking about i was talking to him about full circle yeah full full circle back to the start we talked about his you know his family and he doesn't have immediate family in puerto rico still he's from puerto rico um but he doesn't he doesn't really live there go there like his family lives here uh his mom has contacted his grandmother and you know some extended family like that but he has not spoken to his family yet which Hmm. to me that uh like not only are we talking about his you know his country and his well you know this is his country but you know you know what you guys know what i mean but his you know like his his family lives there and you know that his family's going through this, you know, crazy situation and he's fighting for a job and he hasn't spoken to them yet. Like going through all this at once. Like he's not, he's definitely not guaranteed a spot on the two way or on the roster or anything. Like Carlisle is, is very adamant, you know, that everything is, everything's going to be earned by, you know, these guys. So I just think that's incredible. The way that he's, um, you know, the way that he's playing, the way that he fought Carlisle even, even mentioned him specifically, um, the way that he fought last the other night, and because he was part of that group that came back from down 13 and uh yeah it was just crazy he said that you know the uh junk told me that when they were down because i asked him about that i said you know carlisle said he was going to cut three you know cut three of you when you guys are down he was like man he's like we weren't playing defense he's like we were not playing good defense and that's where you know a lot of it stems from the offense we went through that whole thing where people say you know offenses stems from defense and play defense and you'll get buckets and all that so Another thing that he told me that I find it very interesting was he said uh, he gets, you know, some mentorship from Yogi and that, you know, he's been asking Yogi a bunch of questions and stuff like that. And he asked Yogi if he dribbles too much. And so I was like, why would he ask Yogi if he dribbles too much? Even, you know, we were just talking about his ball handling. And so I asked Yogi, I said, why does he say, you know, why did he ask that? He said, oh, Carlisle said in practice one day, he was, you know, calling out a play or something. And he just looked straight at him and said, you dribble too much. (laughs) (laughs) Man, like, can you imagine that sticking in your head? You know, Carlisle comes up to you and says that. And so then he has to like work through it and figure out how to, you know, get better at it or figure out how to, you know, 
sort of change his game up or, you know, like that's just crazy to think about. Carlisle is calling out a part of your game. I would just sit there and hold the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dribble. Don't dribble. dribble. Don't I'm going to be like Dorian. I just won't dribble. <laughs> I just won't. So, yeah. I was going to mention something about Dennis. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of inside the locker room stuff here. When after every Mavs game, you know, it's pretty much how the media, you know, works. You know, we talk to, you know, Rick does his post game press conference, then we go into the locker room and. It's almost, you know, every every game last year, you pretty much talk to the best player, you know, every game. You know, Cleveland, yeah. LeBron talks every time. Like, it's just how it is. It's just part of being the best player. Well, last year, you know, it was Dirk always talks, and Barnes always talked, and that was just given. Yep. And last night, you know, we kind of added another name to the list. You know, very first person, Dennis Smith, and that's how it's going to be for a while. By you virtue know, of the fact as, that he was in the locker room first before the other two. It wasn't like hierarchy. It wasn't like we chose between. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I didn't realize before I you know, was credentialed that not all the guys are in the locker room at the same time. <laughs> they trickle in. They're like, you know, you feel like when you think of a locker room, you think of like, remember the Titans where everybody's in there. You know, like every single player is in there at the same time and they're doing stuff like that. And at, after the game, it just, doesn't, it just doesn't work like that in the NBA. Guys are getting, you know, treatment or guys are, you know, getting food and stuff like that and. So there's just they're all over the place, uh, so they kind of trickle in and stuff, and then you you eventually figure out what you know the routines of guys at the end, and you know, it's, so Dennis was in there first, and then Dirk came in, and then Harrison came in, so that's that's the order yeah. we did it in. If anybody was wondering, yeah, and it just it go it just kind of varies, you know. Sometimes yeah. after a tough game or something, you know, somebody like Harrison might spend extra time in the cold tub, and then we talked to Dirk before him. Yeah, sometimes we've talked to Dirk after him, so. It's not. It's not all about like the the order, but no. it's just you know it's just kind of just another part of being a professional athlete. You know, for Dennis, you know, Dennis was you know had already changed into you know street clothes and just grabbed some food and sat down to start eating food. And here is you know twenty media just right behind him, standing for behind him, to him. Food. And you know that's something. It's just another thing that's different for the nineteen year old. Like he's gonna have to get used to good or bad game. He's going to walk in that walk in that locker room and talk yeah. to us almost every time. And he and, didn't have a, a particularly good game. No, you know he only played it twelve minutes, and so you know he just kind of casually turned around. And, you know, everybody we just started talking to him and stuff, and you know he was pretty low key, but it's just you know it's just adjusting to being a an, an adult, a pro athlete, and he didn't say. I don't think he said anything. You know, he said the you know pace of the game, speed of the game was you know. I guess yeah. about what he thought it would be. And yeah, that was one thing I asked him about. I was really interested to know if he felt like it was faster because a lot of guys come into the league and they're like, man, I didn't realize how fast it was or how long these guys are going to be. They've played enough pickup and stuff. They've played you know, against enough players. They didn't play They didn't play the full Bucks team. Like If they would have played Middleton, Giannis, Snell, you know, Thonmaker, like if he would have played all those, I feel like then he would have had an, you know, an eye-opening situation, but – they didn't. And so I asked him, I said, was the pace of the game too fast for you? And how do you feel like, you know, your pace was? And he's like, I don't think we were too fast. I don't think we were rushed. I feel like we were too slow. <laughs> so, yeah. And I saw Chuck Cooperstein tweet out the uh, pace of the game was like 106 points per hundred possessions, which was, or uh, yeah, no, what am I saying? 106. It was 106. And uh, that would have been like sixth in the league last year ranking so it's not hmm. like it was particularly super fast for nba basketball but it was definitely faster than the mavericks did because the mavericks pace last year was like 94 <laughs> i mean that's, that's significantly faster 
So people yeah. say, you know, you no, know, oh, we'll, we'll, I'd love to see the Mavericks, you know, go fast. If, you know, Carlisle says they want to, but I'm going to call his bluff. You know, like they are actually trying. They actually did try to play faster last night. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think, you know, we talked to Dirk. Dirk, and he's had one funny comment to where he said, you know, he's like, I, I'm the only one of the starters that can't play a full 12 minutes right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, so, uh, oh, the the reason he said that was because uh, Earl asked him about the, the timeout rule and said how it's going to change rotations and how it's going to change people coming in. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, we tried to play him, a, you know, try to make it so that we can play a full 12 minutes and I'm the only one of the group that can't, can't do it. So that was <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I meant to mention this last night and to go back to Dennis. And this is like one of the few things I had written down was a comment Rick said about Dennis before the game. And mm-hmm. he said his def- Dennis about D- Dennis, his defense is ahead of his offense, which is in my mind, a compliment on, on a lot of levels. Yeah, and I thought I thought I was so intriguing because if there's if there's one thing that we said that we think is just a given that would just come as you know really easy for Dennis is his offense, and that like you know not that we thought he would you know step in day one and put up thirty five, but I feel like Dennis you know could step in and get it you know get sixteen to twenty points probably in you know night one if he wanted to, uh, if he gets that opportunity, but. The one thing that some people were like skeptical about, like his size and just off college stuff, it's like, oh, how good of a defender is he going to be? And just the fact that Rick, you know, he says, you know, in that pregame, like, hey, like right now his defense is ahead of his offense. Like that shows the work Dennis has put in. That shows maybe like a lot of people are underrating his defense. That shows, you know, just the how the training staff, maybe what they're putting a focus on, that his defense is, you know, getting there at least you know something for rick to you know to praise like that so i don't know i just i I thought that that comment was just really intriguing there is a quote when you walk out of the locker room the first thing you see when you walk out of the locker room into the training area is this giant poster it is probably five to six feet tall probably four feet wide big blue poster with the mavericks logo on it it says the one thing in life you can control is your effort quote mark cuban no cubes (laughs) And on defense, you can, you know, effort is there's, there's, remember that, remember that kid, that SI kid reporter, he was like, uh, yeah. that like nine or 10 year old kid that asked that college coach the question. He was like, you know, when you coach defense, how much of it is, you know, technique and how much of it is effort. And the, you know, he looks, <laughs> coach looks at the kid and goes, that is a hell of a question. I've never in my 20 years been asked a question like that. Then the kid went on Fallon and all that, and probably Ellen and all this stuff. But <laughs> so he asked that question. And it's so true. Like it really is that, you know, and, and he, the guy answered the question and said, effort is a lot about it. You do have to have technique, but you know, effort is something you can control. And if you put effort into defense, then it will show that's, that's the James Harden problem. The James Harden problem is that he can play defense. Kyrie can play defense. Like these guys can, they can play it. You know, they're athletic enough that they can, they know where they're supposed to be. They can stay in front of guys. They can swipe and they can get steals, but they just don't put the effort in because either their workload is too heavy on offense that they sacrifice the defensive end, or they're just not interested in it. And I think Dennis Smith last year at, at North Carolina State was just not interested in defense. And I don't blame him because <laughs> when he was introduced, we laughed about this all the way to the car, you and I did. We, we laughed about it the whole way that he said last year, you know, referring to him at NC State, said we just didn't really emphasize defense or your practice defense 
at all. <laughs> and we, you and I, and Charks just laughed the whole way because you have a, you're a college coach and you're not, you know, promoting defense at all, especially on the NCAA level. You know, especially yeah. like defense wins you, you know, games in the Final Four. Like defense wins you, you know, trips to you know the championship, and they just didn't even care about it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's crazy. And now that coach is a a scout for the Mavs. Yeah. <laughs> is that a step up? I don't think so. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's a step down into the left, I feel like. <laughs> uh, do you have anything? You talked to Salah, didn't you? Yeah, I did talk to Salah. I'm, I'm doing the preview piece. I will I will do it eventually. I'm <laughs> still putting out the preview piece for Salah. But talk to him about, you know, his um, – like if he, if he feels like he has competition. And he's like, I love competition. <laughs> Just he's such, so funny, dude. Such a Salah answer. Just so great. Um, that he says, I love competition. You know, I love that, you know, that, well, where would I be without competition? I said, you'd probably be lazy. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not, I am not that. I said, nope, you're definitely not lazy, man. Like you don't play lazy, you know, nothing like that. Uh, and then he was explaining competition to me and explaining, you know, what it's like to have a guy behind you, like trying to get your job. And he's like, there's some danger to it. And I thought that was a really, really good word that he used, you know, that there is danger to, you know, having, you know, a guy behind you that is, you know, wanting to get your spot because you just can't, you know, you can't sleep. <laughs> you can't like just sleep on the fact that, you know, you can just walk in and you've already been on this team for two years. And last year you played, you know, 70 something games and, you know, you can't, you just, you know, you have to go yeah. in and try to work hard for it. The other comment that uh, I heard him say, and this is about Withy was Withy took two threes the other night. And when he took one of them, I looked and I, I tweeted, I was like, Holy cow, you know, don't look now, but Jeff Withy is taking threes. And, uh, he took a three and Salah said that he and Jeff Withy compliment each other. He said that they, you know, like their games are, are, are complimentary. Aww, in this, in so the, <laughs> you're so good. No, you're so good. You're very tall. No, you're very tall. <laughs> but you complete me. He said like their games are complimentary in the sense that, you know, he does things that I can't do. And I do things that he can't, he can't do. Uh, and one of those things was shoot threes. Now Salah took a couple threes at the end of last year. If you guys remember, uh, and <laughs> Uh, he was not supposed to take those threes. Let's just put it like that. And he might not be on the roster this year. No, no, not because of that. But uh, but yeah, he said that. He said that's what Carlisle wants him to do in in regards to Withy. He wants him to take those threes. He said he has the green light from Coach Carlisle to take threes. And Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Withy does. So do not be surprised that that happened. That is something that he you know from Carlisle that he wants him to do. That's crazy. He shoots him. He's shoot, he's always shooting him in practice. I mean, when we show, when we show up in his media, he's always he's with he's with Dwight Powell and them, you know, in the corner shooting these threes and stuff. So Sala said he can he shoots him really well during practice, and it's not like ugly. It's not like an ugly shot at all. It looks decently well. So not like That's DJ crazy. Wilson. Oh, oof, that shot. Melo Lamelo's cousin. <laughs> his cousin. Did you ever figure out the player we walked by when we were leaving the arena? No, I couldn't figure it out. That's the that's preseason right there, man. You're walking outside. You're walking right by a player. You have no idea who he is. You're an NBA writer. You have an NBA podcast. Like neither of us could <laughs> knew that. I mean, guy. It wasn't a Maverick. It had to no. be like a, a buck. So, but all right, let's finish off talking about this this All Star reform. Uh, it doesn't feel like they changed a ton. I'm I'm gonna be more interested in the All Star game this year, mostly just for the draft. You put any draft in front of me, I'm gonna be interested in it. A mock draft, you know, you put together, you know, anything like that. I just think that it's so fascinating to see 
you know, the decisions the guys will make. Because the captains will be LeBron and KD, right? I can't see a no. scenario where it's anybody else. Steph. Steph. Steph will be a captain? Over KD, yeah. I'm pretty confident. The TNT guys are Is- choosing it. No, I thought no, I thought it was a fan vote. The top two fan votes. Is that who it is? I'm I'm pretty sure I thought. Because I thought that. <laughs> Dear God, let's hope not the TNT guys. <laughs> it said that they were anyway, but but yeah, oh, okay. it, it'll be interesting to see who they pick, like who it it ends up being. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, like we'll have a, a scenario where LeBron has to pick Kyrie if he <laughs> the best player available. There was just so much drama around that, you know, like what, it, you know, if Steph's a captain or even KD's a captain, one of them's a captain. And like, do you go with the next best player in the league or do you go with the, other, you know, with like Draymond? Like, you know, yeah. if you're KD, if, like if you're KD and, or like, let's, let's just say Steph and let's, you know, Steph has first pick, he takes KD and LeBron takes, you know, Westbrook. Who does Steph take? Like yeah. if you're Steph, I mean, like it's if you're Steph, game, they're not gonna take anybody. So, but if like if you're Steph though, and you're sitting there and you have your teammate in Draymond, but Anthony Davis is there or like Kawhi is there, and like you know Kawhi is a better player than Draymond, but Draymond's your boy. There's some like there. That's the only part that's intriguing to me. It's I have the same feeling as like the lottery form. Cool, but you didn't fix it, like that. Like, same thing with the lottery. Like, okay, it's cool change, but you didn't fix the tanking. Cool with the officer thing, but you didn't fix it. The Some people were, like, throwing out saying, hey, because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, everybody, so I, everybody thought they were abolishing the East and West, that it was just going to be Because that was, like, the first players. tweet. Yeah. yeah, that first tweet people were talking about. And I'm like, no. And then once I started reading it, I'm like, no, this has nothing to do with – Paul Millsap and Paul George and you know Butler and everybody going to the West, that doesn't change anything. They, We're still going to have 12 East players and 12 West. Yeah, yeah, right. They changed it because of the of those guys moving. But because the But how the, does that change anything though? Well, cuz the the East would just get destroyed. And so now they're just trying to well, The other thing that I think is the reason why they changed it is, do you remember I can't remember if it was Bill Simmons and KD part 1, 2 or <laughs> 1 or 2, but he asked him about the All-Star game. He said, why don't you guys care about the All-Star game? And he said, yeah, you know, it's just up to us. He's like, how do we fix the All-Star game? Bill Simmons asked KD this. And he said, no, we got to do it. Like, it's just on us. Like, you guys can do anything. You can put money on it. You can put, you know, stakes in. You know, you can put, not not like sirloin stakes, but you can, you know, like stakes in it in the sense that, you know, the winner of the All-Star game gets the, you know, home court advantage in the finals. Like, what, like what baseball does and stuff like that. Like you can do all that. He said, it's not going to matter to us. We just have to get out there and do it. I think this is one way that they can do that. I think, I honestly think that they listened to that interview and they said, we're going to take this and try to put it, you know, into their hands and say, all right, you get to pick your squad and your squad goes against their squad. And if your squad loses, you know, it's on you. And so I think this is a way that they can get them all together, that they can play and that they can actually like have some stake in it. And I'm not saying it's going to fix it. I'm saying it's going to make it a little more entertaining. They'll, they'll probably try a little harder because it's their squad and it's like their team against the other team, especially if it ends up being like Russ on one side and KD on the other stuff like that. Like stuff like that's going to be interesting. It'd be really interesting to see teammates go against each other. Yeah, that's that's the first thought I had was that man, we're gonna see like Clay try to guard Steph. 
Yeah. That's going to that, be great. That's like the only thing that I find like fun about it. Like, but like with the, you know, I was thinking when I saw that the 24 players, I'm like, well, dang, how many people from the East would actually make it if they made it yeah. in open 24? Like <laughs> that's what's great. And, and I'm pretty sure didn't they say, you know, fans will still vote in the starters, right? I looked and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be uh 50% fan vote. 25% current players and 25% basketball media. Also the captains. The only thing it says about captains in this is TNT will reveal the all-star game starters and captains on Thursday, January 18th. So I don't know how they're so determined. You could be right. I could be right. But yeah, I feel like that's a commissioner thing where he just decides which captains. Cause whoever's the captain, man, they're going to be asked the entire rest of the season. Why'd you choose this guy over this guy? Why did you choose this guy? Over this guy? Like all the time. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing that'd be fun about. I mean, we're still gonna have some historic people left off uh, of of all star stubs, and we're gonna see you know some people in the East, and we're gonna be like, this is stupid. I mean, it's stupid that Damian Lillard's not an all star. Yeah, but you know, Alfred Payton is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's obviously I'm being sarcastic, but it's just there's some bench players in the East that are gonna be in this pool. And when there's, they should be full in the West, and that's where I was gonna be super excited if yeah. they could implement it that way somehow, because then it would be fair. But now it's still unfair. It just, hey, we're just gonna add something fun to it, I guess. Hopefully, it's not like the way that they tried to fix the dunk contest where they made it teams. <laughs> Hopefully, remember it when they had the wheel? Do you remember the wheel in the dunk contest? Oh yeah, do this dunk. And, yeah, do this and that, and you know, I, I actually wrote about this not too long ago, but I don't think we ever talked about it on the pod. When I asked Dennis Smith if he's going to be in the dunk contest, oh yeah, if he if he was asked by the league, uh, he kind of just smiled and he just said, "We'll just see where we're at at that time. I am focused on getting us to the playoffs, and we'll see what it's like at that point in the season." So, very mature answer of saying, "Hey, we're focused on the playoffs." As a nineteen-year-old, some nineteen-year-olds be like, "Heck yeah, I'll do it," or no or whatever but he's like hey like he rode the line didn't give an answer which is very professional and said his focus is a playoff so i was you know i was wanting him to say yeah i'll do it that'd be really cool for like a media headline yeah. but it was a very mature professional answer too and i was like i respect that oh yeah and that's uh, that's all he's been is mature and professional with the media specifically yeah all right everyone thank you so much for joining us on lockdown mavs Again, we are still uh, putting the link for JJ Barea's, you know, fund for Puerto Rico. We talked about that earlier today with with you know, Jiverson's family. Uh, so go and go to that and continue to give. There's just still so much to do over there. So much, you know, that, that's happening. There was a group of uh, I think it was North Texans United for Puerto Rico was a group that was there at the game. They were there to support JJ. Uh, they had all those Puerto Rican flags and stuff and the the bongos and stuff that they were playing and the you know stuff so if he saw them there that's who that was and they were they were instrumental in helping jj fill all those you know planes that he's been sending down and the trucks that he's filled up um with stuff and supplies and things so they've really been helping out with that so we are going to try to do our part uh continue to you know to give and if you haven't just go ahead and do it man five bucks ten bucks just something give it to them uh because they need some real help down there thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out Boom.